Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another Gothic Hour of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolak, your host, and with me, of course, is the queen of the paranormal, ah! the blonde bombshell herself, and Carrie. Oh, my God, don't call me that. Please. Please. Wait, what did they call her, Evira? Someone might compare me to someone else who calls herself the Queen of the Dark. No, what did they call Elvira? Elvira, whatever her name is. Uh, Queen of Darkness, I think. Queen of Darkness. There you go. And, of course, that is the voice coming deep from within the night is (laughs) the gothic magic of Vlad. Indeed. (laughs) And how are you both this evening? Hello. I'm doing well, thank you. It's It's Vlad. Not Vlad. It's Vlad. You're going to be going blah, blah, blah. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly the way. You know, she's not from Massachusetts, so what do you want? She can't speak in Massachusetts. I'm not from Massachusetts? Yeah, what? but only you don't speak it, so you I do. Nobody would say Vlad from Massachusetts. I say Vlad because that's the way you're supposed to say it. Oh, really? Vlad, how do you say it? I thought it was Taxachusetts. Never mind. Yeah, that too. Vlad, how do you say your name? Let's put this to rest right now. Vlad. Thank you very much. As we Hi. move along. I usually, usually if I say it the other way, nobody can, they can't spell it, and they get all confused. So I just go, this is the way they understand it, so there we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is what Ron calls me, so what the hell. When, when you, then you get to the point where I just had someone do... Uh, to voiceover introductions for me to be pre-recorded because when people mess your name up in the introduction, you're like, yeah, great, thanks. So, <laughs> now, it's, now it's just like, here, play the recording. So, <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us, especially, uh, ooh, vampire dogs. No. No? Blonde dogs? I'm, I'm trying to mute him, sorry. So it was a dog. Ha! Yes, it's it's my it's my dog Tanner. <laughs> He's seen something out the window that has drawn yeah. his attention. It's it's like, hey, vampire. Say for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a vampire dog. He detects him and smells him out. He knows you're on the line. Yep. So. Immediately. Either that so or he's one of us. See, there you go. Uh, So anyways, if anyone has not seen the gothic magic of Vlad, you are missing something really, really cool. Because I tell you, I've seen a lot of magicians, and I've always enjoyed your show the most. And I have some friends that are going to hate me for that. But that's besides the point. Mm -hmm. I really really believe it it is. The amazing Viano may get on your case for that. Eh, I've been nah. doing longer. I've been doing bizarre or strange or gothic magic longer than he has, anyway. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. He was wow. an escape artist before he found the interesting, dark, spooky world. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Yes, and I uh, oh, try to get Vlad here for Spirit Quest, but unfortunately it didn't work out. Uh, maybe next year, now I have a little bit of planning, I could maybe perhaps do that if uh, you have yeah, to, because, like I said, it's an amazing show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's done a couple of shows uh, for us. He did a Dining with the Dead. I, I always remember, in fact, I still have, Vlad, I still have... The writing from the Lizzie Borden house. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? I do. I do. Yeah. And that was, it could have been the first time I met you. I'm not sure as far as in the performance, but uh, yeah. The first time you met me was not dining with the dead. The first time you met me was when we were doing uh, uh, live and dead in Salem. Like when you guys were one of your book releases. Oh, yes. Nicole Store. So. Live and dead. That's right. Uh, yeah, Marion and I uh, did a, uh, a book signing, and Vlad and the other gentleman who was named Escapes. Thank you very much. Did a. Uh, they used to go out and they'd, they'd hawk the tickets on the street like they all do in Salem, <laughs> <laughs> and go up the theater. So I mean, I couldn't complain. It was uh, more people there than us. I signed books, <laughs> but it was. We, it was. We were one of the only places in Salem that actually were so proud of our show that we had a money back guarantee, and in the. Climate of Salem, with people know, like where they're like, ah, that's kind of a tourist ripoff thing. We uh, we stood behind our show, and if you didn't enjoy the show, uh, we would actually give you your money back for the ticket. And uh, out of ten years of shows, one person asked for his money back, and he was a magician. Ah. <laughs> what a freaking never mind. Yeah, <laughs> so you didn't you didn't do enough tricks for me, and I, I said um, it was a yeah. Why don't you evening. disappear? I said, it's a theatrical evening. I said, Danny did a thing where he was in a stock and a sword was going to come down through the back of his head. And I did several spooky routines that were, you know, my own material, their signature effects and everything else. He said, I wanted to see more tricks. I go, you wanted to see a dealer demo. (laughs) I said, I can tell you right now, I'm not going to argue with you. We said we would give you your money back. Yep. We're going to do it, but you didn't plan on paying for the show all along. <laughs> wow. Nice. Yep. There nice. There's it. always one, isn't there? And that's the thing. It's a sort of like, you know, you try and do the best you can, and it's like sort of for two performers to do a 40-minute show and everything else for $10. We were like, we're thinking we're giving people a great value, and he was just saying, I want to sit here for free. You know, it's like. Here you go. Here's your ten bucks back. Yeah, go away. Like, no. <laughs> you probably yeah. need it more than we make, do. So make, go ahead. Yeah. make like a make like a magician to disappear. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyway, you you are also uh, you're you're out. You're not in New England. That's I, I knew you when you were up here, and I remember meeting you, of course, at Dunkin' Donuts, where all people from New England meet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And then they, don't, they, don't, they, don't, they, they tried to have Krispy Kreme there. It lasted about six months, I think, and oh, they closed up. And uh, yeah. they're all over the place down here in the wonderful South. But uh, yeah. you know, I'm down in the land of True Blood now, down here in, uh, <laughs> down in the South. So you know, Krispy Kremes are all over, and they sneer at they sneer at Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> like, oh well, sneer at Krispy Kreme. So they do Krispy cream or they do like they don't they don't like starbucks they don't really like dunkin donuts they either like crispy cream 
or they like private, small roasteries that do their own custom brews of coffees. So, oh, wow. Wasn't there one It was a guy's name? Uh, a guy's name? It was a guy's name, like... Trump? No. Why would you even say that? Why not? Stop. Oh, not there's a chance. coffee breakfast place that's like Bob Evans. Bob Evans. Yeah. That is exactly what I was thinking. They tried to make that work up here, too, and it just mm-hmm. didn't fly at all. New, nope. England, New England likes what New England likes, and it will like change, our donkeys. You know? Yeah, no we one, don't like no the, one south of like Connecticut knows what Moxie is. So they like <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah. should they. Not should they. Moxie. <laughs> Ew. I kind of liked it, but it was just, you know, I'm a vampire, so I you know. <laughs> That was one of the do you know that was one of the original soft drinks? Mm-hmm. Really? It was supposedly yeah. a tonic where it would cure yeah. you know, things that regular yeah. medicine wouldn't because it had the vivacious, you know moxification that would bring you back <laughs> to life. <laughs> uh, before my that. time, man. <laughs> uh, my mom mom and dad used to drink that with milk. Ew. Yeah, back in the day. But yeah. you, you uh, you're doing, uh, I noticed I'm up on your website now, uh, Vlad, uh, the gothic, gothic magic of Vlad. If I can say that fast enough, I could, but I can't. And you have a, a ton of cool stuff. And I noticed that you're doing a lot with my good friend, Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, we're doing a bunch of stuff. I, I tied into one of the gentlemen named Vince Wilson. Um, yes. Who lives up in the Maryland area. <clears throat> decided to do a bunch of different uh, murder mystery type things. And we decided to do uh, it was we were going to do it early on and it ended up running into a conflict with the hotel so we're now doing it in i don't know the exact date but it's keep an eye on my website it will be in november but it's a magic incorporated murder mystery edgar Allan poe weekend oh, November. that and sounds will, awesome <laughs> yeah we'll be visiting the grave site we will be doing a mini seance at the edgar Allan poe grave site we will be roaming into the catacombs by the Edgar Allan Poe grave. We nice. will be in the Lord Baltimore Hotel doing all kinds of strange and unusual things. And uh, it'll be a fantastic time. We're going to be in that same hotel uh, in August for the 22nd through 24th for a thing called Bizarre Hauntings. Ooh, what's that about? Between, it's a combination between um, bizarre magicians who are storyteller-type um, like Viano and Steve, Steve yes. Gibson, and myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those type of magicians, and we're trying to get some uh, people that do ghost tours, and we've reached out to some people that do haunted attractions and things like that, and uh, we're having them come to the Lord, Lord Baltimore Hotel and oh. do a uh, strange and unusual weekend there. So That's, that would that's be sweet. I, I, lo- yeah. I know, right? It yeah. would be. When is it? November? Uh, November is the murder mystery thing, but the the convention I was mentioning is August twenty second through twenty fourth. This year, hauntings. Twenty nineteen. Yep, twenty nineteen, August twenty second through twenty fourth. Too soon, too soon. Yeah. Well, we'll probably be doing it next year too. So. Oh, this sounds fabulous. I uh, so first of all, I was in Baltimore last uh, September. I think it was. Uh, so I was at a conference down there. And, of course, the first thing I did after I checked in was I made a beeline for 
Edgar Allan Poe's grave because it was literally right up the street, right up the street. And I was just so excited to get in there. And uh, so that was that was very cool. And Baltimore is uh, so historic. And I just I didn't I wish I could have spent more time there and explored. And it's very uh, just it's 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 old. It's historic. You've got these fabulous graves and cobblestones and back alley kind of buildings. Uh, I loved it. I loved it. Well, the history in those places, and that's the the convention. See, we started off doing East Coast Spirit Sessions, which is down in mm-hmm. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Right. And then is that still ongoing? Up, it's still going on, but it's that's yeah. in South Carolina. So yeah. Vince came up with the idea that, well, we don't want to copy the convention we're already doing. So the convention in Myrtle Beach is based on seance and bizarre magic sort of work. You go there, you do a workshop, you do a performance, you hone your craft. Mm-hmm. Bizarre hauntings we wanted to make where we could, you know, the, this year is going to be the first year in Baltimore. Last year we did it in Gettysburg. So oh, cool. that convention, we wanted to make it where if you're going to present strange and unusual magic, you have to know what it's like to experience these historical places and how do you how do you walk through the past and you know how can you do a, a presentation about Gettysburg if you've never walked on the battlefield mm-hmm. or how can you talk about Edgar Allan Poe if you haven't had the opportunity to stand by his gravesite you know it's sort of right. like let right. people experience these things that way they can it would be sort of like the same way you know with with talking about ghosts and hauntings and things it's there's a, a different sense you have after you've been to a location. Yes. You, know, you talk you talk in different terms after you've walked on that ground. Definitely. So we wanted we wanted it to be like you know here is here is the historical, you know there still will be performances and teaching and dealers and things like that. But one was going to be at the locations and the other one in Myrtle Beach was sort of we're on the beach and we're going to get away and perform and learn to. <laughs> New things for ourselves. So, well, everybody needs to do that, and, and no matter what you're in. Especially, you know, it's like people came from like they're coming from England, they're coming from Sweden, they're coming mm. from around the world to go to the thing well, in Myrtle Beach, and it's in January, and it's like if you can escape from Colorado and go to Myrtle <laughs> Beach in January and sit on a beach when it's sixty degrees for fifty nine dollars with an oceanfront hotel. Woohoo! Because Myrtle Beach normally is about two hundred and fifty dollars for the ocean view yep. hotel rooms, so we're like, you know what, fifty nine bucks, you can sit here and stare at the ocean, or sit on the beach and have a glass of wine at night, oh, you know, hell and, yeah, and spooky magic. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, sixty degrees to us is like a heat wave. <laughs> Some people, you, you forget about it, having been lived in New England and having lived here. People from Colorado and some stuff that put, that have lived there all their lives, some of them said, we have never had the opportunity to have fresh, real seafood. Everything is <laughs> shipped in. And they're like, yeah. we, don't, yeah. we don't know what it's like to get a fish that was probably caught that day. Ah, right. Right. Our, our fish here, of course, is so fresh you want to slap you. They're very spoiled yeah. here. Yes. I mean, when I, when I lived in New England, you know, it was like sometimes you'd have, like when lobster was in season... 
you, you could go to the store and get a lobster for five or six dollars. Mm -hmm. So it was, literally, it was literally a choice between do I feel like eating McDonald's or buy a lobster? <laughs> Pretty much. You know, down here, it's if you want a lobster, it's starting at $16. You know, so. Mm. <laughs> it, looks well, like, it looks like what we would call a crayfish up in New England. So. Right. It's not the same. It's not the no. same. Um, Vlad, what about the Lord Balt Baltimore Hotel? Is it haunted? It looks it historic, it old. I just I jumped on their website really fast, and I I thought, oh God, I wish I'd stayed there. I it's, was, it's a beautiful I, so, location. It sort of like almost has a feel when you walk around there as something out of like the 30s. You know, sort of that opulence of it with you know the chandeliers and everything. And you walk around, and there's a, there is a sense of history there, and it is it is haunted. So that's why you know we like. We went from Gettysburg to Baltimore, and we're trying to do the tie-in with a haunted hotel, which, thankfully, this place and the place we were in in Gettysburg were okay with us discussing some place being haunted. Other places, they're very, <laughs> they're very leery about, you know, they think for some reason it's going to negatively impact, you know, their clients if they say, oh, this place is haunted. Silly. Right. What I mean, place did you... I had a friend that tried to do something out in the in the, the Roosevelt Hotel in California, which uh -huh. is really known to be haunted. Uh huh. And he, and he tried to pitch something there, and they were like, "We don't talk about hauntings." And he goes, uh -huh. "He goes, you have a you have a mirror that people have seen Marilyn Monroe's ghost in the mirror," and they go, "We don't discuss that." <laughs> it's just <laughs> not. It's just not spoken of. Yeah, what, ho what hotel <laughs> did you? Uh, visiting, I talk about it. You know, like, mm -hmm. What hotel did you go in uh, Gettysburg? Uh, the Eisenhower. It was one of the older oh, okay. hotels, like outside yeah. of town. So. Yeah, yeah, because I, I remember uh, Bets was part of uh, with Jeff Belanger Ghostology, and mm -hmm. uh, we did that years ago down there, and. Uh, uh, yeah, the whole place, even the modern hotels down there are, are haunted, which is pretty amazing. Any place, and that's why people laugh, like, when you listen to, like, you know, and of course, because we're doing presentations. We went downtown and uh, went to some of the places that had, like, military antiques that were selling actual musket balls, you know, not the reproduction ones, like actual mm -hmm. ones, mm -hmm. and artifacts and things like that and we walked around and you'd hear some of the people that were tourists go uh can you point us to where you know the uh battlefield was and the guy goes it, it, it all was about you're in it yeah you're in it yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were like there uh -huh. was every place and then we took people because we had a bunch of people come from like one like i said one guy was from sweden one guy a couple people were from the uk and they didn't understand the significance of gettysburg because in the uk it's never really been taught so they're mm -hmm. like, so why was this important? And I go, well, we're going to give you the whole, we'll give you the whole spiel. And we walked them through and we brought them to the battlefield and showed them like where Pickett's Charge was and all the other things like that and brought them to the Jenny Wade house. And we're like, well, this is, this is what you have to bring back to your country. This is what it's like right. to be here. You know, and thankfully, one of the times we were riding through the battlefield, it was like dusk and foggy and everything else. And I go, now you could see what it would have been like walking along the battlefield during the battle. Right. Right. And they yeah. went, ah. <laughs> so, uh -huh. 
<laughs> now, see the light went on. They now, were like, wow, now we get it. <laughs> <laughs> now, getting back to uh, Poe, is your in these events that you do, do you tailor your your uh, bizarre magic to uh, Poe's life or, or or his works, or how does that work? Vince does a lot of stuff with like Poe's life. I myself do more tailoring things, more except for when you get into the vampires. If I'm talking about you know my namesake, or if you're talking about mm-hmm. Countess Bathory or something like that, then I stay historical. Otherwise. You know, if I'm talking about Frankenstein and Mary Shelley or Stoker or Poe, I stay more with the literature type thing. That's just my, I stay more with the books. And Vince gets more into the, because he loves delving into like, and he does a thing on the Titanic and a bunch of the other ones. So he likes the actual historical fact. Mm-hmm. I mean, he actually was someplace and he went looking for, and I don't want to mention that, I'm going to screw the name up, so I won't. I won't mention it. But he went to the falls that were where Sherlock Holmes supposedly died. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Riding something, even though, was, even though he's a fictional character. Yeah, but the actual <laughs> falls, like there's a plaque there. Then if you walk along this path and get to a certain point, which is almost like death-defying to get there, <laughs> there's a there's a plaque that's dedicated to Sherlock Holmes, like where he would have fell. Oh. So Vince, because, you know, he likes details, he likes history and everything else, and he's a big mm-hmm. Doyle fan, he uh, went there and had to see it. So he likes the historical things, and I like the literature myself, you know. Nice. Nice. Oh, I we, bet we it's a great... We make a good team up like there. He likes to do one thing, and I do something entirely different. Perfect. Yeah, it all works out. Yeah. That'd and we nice. started doing things, and it was sort of with the murder mysteries, with the magic, the... Um, the thing was, he came up with the epiphany that other people that were doing murder mysteries, the people that were going to them could be wrong. And he goes, if you're paying $60 for an evening to do a murder mystery, he goes, first of all, most of the things that people watch are more like watching a play. They're not really interactive. It's you're watching the stuff going on, right. and then you guess, and then they tell you if you're right or not. Uh-huh. And he goes, we're magicians. We can make it so they know what the things are going on. We can make them part of the murder, like we're mm-hmm. there in the experience. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, it's a different take on it. He goes, that way people are more likely to pay you to come see the show again if they guess the correct answer. For nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, now I, I have not seen your show, Vlad, mm-hmm. but I have seen Steve Gibson's show mm-hmm. at at the uh, uh, Spirit Quest. Yeah, and yeah, I seance, yeah. love how <clears throat> it is interactive and it tells a story, but it's also woven into history and people are very, it's very, you're very involved in it. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love shows like that because I think involving the audience is really important. That's that's the big, huge thing, like, with theme parks now, even going into Universal and haunted attractions, and most theater, everything, that's the buzzword, is interactive. It has to be either immersive or interactive. You know, no more, no more sitting back and just sort of, like, viewing through the fourth wall. It's all, you are now a part of the entertainment. Right. 
And that's the thing. It's like sort of like during my show. It's like if I let somebody touch something, if I talk about a key that I got in Gettysburg and I, and I let them touch it, and then all of a sudden the key turns over in our hand. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no, like people go, I, I, there's nothing can be, you know, like it can't be gimmicked. It can't be, you didn't switch it. You took it from my hand and we both held the key and it turned over. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I remember you did that at Dining with the Dead, and that was pretty cool. Mm. And we did it. We did a great event. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but it was oh, quite a, well, a few years back. It was called Shadows of the Night, and basically we were on the trail of uh, Jack the Ripper, and we had a whole series. You, you did a, a, I think you did the opening bit, and uh, if you don't mind me calling it bits, <laughs> and then I think. Uh, um, the Viano did another part, and then we did a mm-hmm. seance where we attempted to get a hold of uh, um, Houdini and to, to find out if he could tell us who Ripper was. It was a pretty good thing. It was all tied yeah, together with the story. Uh, was it DZ Park or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's that's the good thing about that stuff. It, where it's all tied together, there's a flow to it. It, you know, it's it's not just uh, you know, oh look at me, I've got some flowers here, and I, I pull a rabbit out of a hat or whatever. You know, it's, it's there's, a, there's a story to what it. What we do in regular magic is the regular magic was sort of let me show you how cool I am, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, people don't want to hear that. They want to hear a story if I show them an artifact and I tell them the story about. Waverly Institute, and I talk mm-hmm. about you know the, the how it started out as a tuber, tuber, tuberculosis clinic, and how many people went there, and how many people died that they had to have an underground tunnel built to cart the dead away so that the patients didn't see that many people dying every day. <laughs> yeah, sort of like my house. <laughs> and, and then after that, it was it was you know an insane asylum or you know institute. Um, and I start talking about something, and something strange happens with the object. Mm-hmm. Speaking now, about institutes, people can research inst- it and about they can inst- look it up. Institute, you know? Vlad, Vlad. Speaking about institutes, we got to take a break <laughs> before we go insane. Uh, at least our producers do. Anyways, you're listening to uh, Ghost Chronicles: Next Generation with Ann and Ron, and our special guest Vlad, uh, right here on Tojinet and Pyrex Radio. We'll be right back after the following messages. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. To 
splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ian and our very special guest this evening, Vlad. Uh, Vlad, as we say. Vlad. <laughs> There's Vlad. Or you can just say the impaler. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, I think, that's, I think that's the main thing. That's like sort of like why there's a resurgence of haunted attractions and magic shows and things because people are like, they're questing. They want something to be special. They want it to be unique. They want to experience it. They don't want to just sit back and sort of have someone do a card trick in front of them. They want something that they feel cannot ever be explained, done with them there at that moment. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. I mean, like I know the stuff that Steve did, I hate to keep throwing back to this, but it's the only one I've seen. I can't explain. You haven't seen Vlad? The things. No, I haven't. Oh, I'm sorry. I haven't. I wish I wish I had because I know he's been up here a couple times, but I've never been able to catch, you know, make my schedule work to come up and, and see him. But uh, The vampire I mean, hunters I... can't catch me either, so. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know, but it's you, you can't explain what happens in front of you. So that's part of why you go. Yeah, you don't want to leave it where, hey, you know, I mean, I have friends that do fantastic, you know, years of practice, card presentations. Mm-hmm. But when people describe it to something else, to someone else, they go, oh, yeah, he had a deck of cards, and they have no idea what's actually going on. But they mm-hmm. go, he had a deck of cards, and he did this, and he cut the cards, and he put these into two different piles, and then he shuffled both of the piles, and then both of the piles were turned upside down, and then we turned them back upside down again. And they can, they can describe every step of the process. <laughs> mm-hmm. They have no idea what's actually going on, but they can describe the process, and then somebody goes, that sounds fantastic. So who was it? I don't know. It was some guy. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it, no, no. They can describe the entire like process the guy did, and then I've had other people, and they go, "Have you seen Vlad?" And he goes, <laughs> well, "What did he do?" I don't know. He did some creepy stuff. I can't explain it. You got to go see it. Yeah, uh, there you go. Perfect. And I'm like, okay, That's I'd what rather you have want. Them not be able to describe what I did, but they can go see because when they, when you go on the internet, you can't look up guy that does fantastic card trick. <laughs> but you can look for Vlad. <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, you can. How did you get into all this? How did this I, happen? I got into magic through doing, I was working at a haunted attraction. Ah. And building a old school 
illusions into the rooms and doing the making a room look like it came from Revolutionary War France and, you know, faux finishes and creating, you know, light illusions and doing special effects makeup. Mm-hmm. And one of the gentlemen that, uh, that was friends with the guy that owned it, his name was Jeff McBride, and uh, who's a sort of a world-famous, many-times award-winning gentleman out in Las Vegas, um, he said, you know, look, you know, you're, you're doing illusions, but, you know, you may want to get into doing magic. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I didn't think you could get into doing magic. I thought you had to be, like, the seventh son of the seventh <laughs> son. And, and well, he brings you out to, like, counts. you know, the sacred grove. And he goes, no, you have a friend bring you to a meeting. <laughs> like you just blew the whole mystique i thought there was a uh, whole ritual by you know by candlelight and everything goes, no, you go to a meeting and i'm like oh <laughs> so that's what we've been trying to do ever since is make people believe that we bring people out you know with a sacred goat to the woods with a candle <laughs> wait a minute you mean you mean that ritual you put me through was just a cost <laughs> we actually we actually have a competition down in Myrtle Beach that I named the Screaming Goat Competition. (laughs) Just because people were like, well, what do you guys do down there? I go, yeah, we got a competition called the Screaming Goat. And I go, well, what happens? You got to come there. I I can't tell you. Can't tell you. Screaming Goat. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So you learned... From there, you went for you went just went up I went from, from there. The, and I started going to, and he created this thing called Mystery School, oh. and uh, that was I had only been in magic for like a year, and all of a sudden I'm at this retreat with magicians that have been doing it for ten or fifteen years. And what he tried to do was he tried to bring stage magicians together at an ashram with ceremonial and uh, people that had different like all kinds of different mystic paths. You know, there were a couple of Wiccans. There were a couple of people that were shamans. There were, like, a a Golden Dawn person, you know, and there were people that followed the Middle Eastern traditions of, like, you know, the the ashram. And he brought them together with regular stage magicians, and we talked about what does magic actually mean and, like, what does it mean to other cultures where magic is a reality and... You know, how do we do this and how will it affect people's lives? And questions that way early on other magicians weren't asking because, you know, what is the stereotype? Why is the stereotype of the female assistant so frowned upon? Why aren't women interested in performing magic? You know, all these mm-hmm. questions that we, you know, how, do, how does the audience perceive you? All these different introspective questions. And we all sort of answered them for ourselves, but, you know, there were a lot of questions that other people were like, okay, we just do a show. And they weren't really looking for, what are you leaving people with? You know, like different different things where we would make people, I don't know, receive something more from the entertainment rather than just, you know, try and make it more of an experience rather than just you come and see a show and that's it. Right. Steve Steve was up at uh, Spirit Quest last year, and Jan's sister went to his uh, presentation, and she thought it was all real. She didn't believe it was magic at all. Mm-hmm. 
that's that was how, one of the first know. things because I came right. up with the the death. Do you know the death card routine I do? I believe I do, but I, you'd have sort to refresh like my memory. Sort of like the thing with the that's the premise is you die during yes, your sleep. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. I came up with that like at the second mystery school. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, that was like, cool. we used to basically do the thing and then we would do a presentation for the people that lived at the ashram. Mm. So I, I told Jeff, Jeff's like, oh, so what are you going to do like this year? You know, last year you were sort of like, you know, you were new to it, so you didn't do anything. What are you going to do this year? And I explained to him and I go, I have this routine where someone's died in their sleep and uh, I give them a chance to win back their life by mm-hmm. playing a game. And he, he looked at me and he goes, I don't think you can do that because people here really believe that stuff. Mm-hmm. And they go, and your problem is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the point is that they should believe it. I mean, you know, it's like I, when I did it, I did it a couple times for regular magicians. And it's like the only time I've ever heard a room full of magicians be completely silent. And there was mm-hmm. like a chill ran through the room and they went. They are buying into this a hundred percent. Nice. There we go. <laughs> like, That's perfect. I mean, you learn from your your mentors and your friends, and uh, you are, there's always something new to learn. And, and every, every I, audience I, so, you learn something from. Hmm. I said every audience you learn something from. Every right? performance you do, you know, you you learn. I mean, over the years, I've gone. And no one, no one understood that word, or no one. Uh, this pause was too long, or you know, fill in the blank. You're always looking to try and bring it to the next level, right? Right. right. And I'm a face painter, and every year I go to a conference, mm-hmm. and I see the same people every year, the same fellow artists, and I'm sure you do this in your field as well. And every Every year, there's there may be new instructors, there may be the same instructors you've had in the past, but you always you come away with something, mm-hmm. even if it's just a little tiny thing, and it makes you a better performer and it makes you a better, uh, you know, artist. Mm-hmm. So it's so important, and that's why you're still here. And maybe those people that were just there because. Well, I just put on a show. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. It's it's huge. It's yeah. huge and it's important. I mean, I feel sort of like sometimes when people go, how long have you been doing this? I'm like, 30 uh, some odd years. And they go, what? Yeah. They go, 30 yeah. some odd years? And they're like, ah, yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, right. <laughs> maybe I've learned something. <laughs> you should have yeah, told them three, 380 years and then yeah. they would have believed it because you are a vampire, but people forget that. <laughs> well, you have to sort of keep with the timeline, you know, and that was people go, well, where did you come up with the concept of Vlad? And you know, I go, if you were an actual aristocratic vampire and have lived over the aeons, you would need to come up with a reason that you've owned property or how you can get along in life. I said, so you'd have to justify your expenses to the IRS and things like that. So, (laughs) hmm, let's say I'm a magician. I can do these things as a vampire normally. I can read minds. I can manipulate the elements. I can do all of these things. And I think an ancient vampire would get a kick out of taunting, you know, the mundanes with something that's second nature to him. Like, oh, look at these miracles. And you go, that's normal. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I've been called a lot of things, but never a mundane. No. Uh, <laughs> no. Definitely not. Definitely you can point not. a few of them out roaming along in October in, in Salem. Oh, quite a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> As you well know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's everybody's like, so how, so how was the show in, you know, on Halloween in Salem? And I go, we never uh, did. We did one once. Uh-huh. We said, and, and four or five people that were at the show wanted to know when we were going to be serving alcohol. Uh-huh. Exactly. If the reason that they're at a magic show is to get alcohol, you don't need to do a show for them. Right. Exactly. We we did the uh, the Spectre Elevens for 13 years there at the Hawthorne Hotel as part of the Festival of the Dead. And the audiences are so tough. I mean, half of them are in the bag, to be honest yep. with you. They're in the bag <laughs> at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Yes. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. It's Yeah, it's it's it's... It's a whole new experience. I, yeah, that's yes. what people go, can you describe I've never been there. Can, how do you describe it? I go, New England Mardi Gras. Ah, that's that's oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, yeah. I, oh, with a lot less boots. Never again. Yeah. So yeah. I, I did that once. I'm like, I won't be back to Salem in the month of October ever mm-hmm. again. Ever. I'm, I mean, you, do, I you do get a lot of fun things like roaming around, like during the day. Like, if you can visit some of the yeah. vendors or do some of the things, like, get in and out. If yeah. you're there, I mean, you have to realize, and I tell people, when it gets to be later in the month, I go, you have to realize you will sort of be corralled, and they will start blocking the streets off, and you will only be able to go in certain areas, and they will move you along with horses and ATVs, and yes. one year they had, like, front-end loaders to move people down the street. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, this is what you're this – is, this is the amount of humanity that you're putting in one giant soup there. It's like yeah. – it, it's overwhelming, and they go, I don't think I'd like that. Yeah, yeah most people don't. You know? <laughs> no, probably wouldn't. Yeah. Probably would not. Can't, any other time of year. I'll go up in there in January. I don't care. It's a beautiful it's city. Not- other than, also, other than like, the vendors and there's, like, some kind of an atmosphere, you get the best of Salem on a quiet time during the mm-hmm. year at about yes. 3 o'clock in the morning where no touristy stuff is happening, walking <laughs> along the cobblestones, like, yeah. by the old cemetery when everything is still. Oh, yes. Great cemeteries there. And you walk in, just walk and suck in, you know, suck up the atmosphere, walk down to the docks, like stand by the water, do those things. Don't rush to, you know, a crowd of buying fried dough that you have to wait three hours for everyone else. Like, go do the things that Salem has that are there year round. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I mean, they have a great maritime history as well. Yes. They do. I mean, you can still... Randomly, once in a while, you find pottery and stuff washes up from, like, some of the ships back from the colonial days, like, up onto mm-hmm. the, onto the, see, I don't, want, I don't want to say it's a beach, it's a, <laughs> a little muddy area. Yeah, up to the mud. <laughs> yeah, you know, living down here, I've seen beaches, so it's like, I can't say that's a beach. It's like... Ah, right. Absolutely. <laughs> so I see that. Uh, on your on your list of of clients, so you, you used to spend a lot of time like in the New York area, in New York, Connecticut, 
Are you still up that way? I, well, I lived up in, uh, I was born in Westchester County, up in White Plains, New York. And then oh, from, okay. there, from there, I went to Dutchess County up towards a little place called Glenham, which was between Beacon and Fishkill. Okay. From there, my parents moved down here, and I went to Massachusetts. And ah. years later, had to move down here to help take care of my father until he passed on. And then now I'm sort of still here taking care of my mother, so... Mm-hmm. But yeah, I used to yeah. I used to go quite a few times down to. I performed at the Producers Club in New York City and did some off Broadway things and uh, oh, did wow. a bunch of vampire events down at the the bank and the Limelight and a place called Mother that was down down there with like <laughs> part of uh, Michelle was there in the beginning off and on and then a bunch of other people were there that uh oh Michelle Belanger yeah 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 oh, cool. Was, she was there, and then she wrote the, uh, I don't know, she she did most of it, but uh, there are other people that worked on it, too, wrote the Black Veil, which was the rules of etiquette for the vampire community. <laughs> there, should, there should be rules of etiquette, don't you think? And it was sort of common sense things, but there were people that came into, you know, and I guess with the gothic slash kinky fetish <laughs> community, there needed mm-hmm. to be some sort of rules of common sense that some people didn't have. Mm-hmm. And most people knew those things were common sense, that you shouldn't do them, but some people had to have them spelled out for them. Like, no, if always. you're on the subway, do not attempt to bite someone on the neck that you don't know. Not a good, no, <laughs> not a good idea. No. <laughs> because A, you will probably be arrested, right, but, and B, like, it will bring loads of heat down on the rest of us. I mean, after Columbine, the street by mother was swamped with reporters trying to get into the club because of Columbine. And and they were like, whoa, you know, we want to get a talk to some people. And I'm like, A, some of the people in this club have sort of delicate daytime jobs. And exactly. they don't want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. You know, so I went out with one of the other gentlemen who was uh, Dietrich Renan, who was an artist. And uh, mm-hmm. him and I went out because I'm like, I'm an, I'm an entertainer and he's an artist. So neither of us have anything to lose by talking to you because we're out 24 seven. We are, we are who we are, right. meaning, meaning out like no daytime, nighttime difference, like not, not sexual preferences, but um, <laughs> it was sort of like, we, we were like, we are who we are. We are strange people all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course those aren't the people they want to talk to. <laughs> they, you know, because we were too logical for them, you know, and she came up and she said, well, we wanted to get the talk from someone inside. I said, I- I'm right here. What would you like to know? Well, we wanted your impression of what happened. I'm like, it was a tragedy. Um, but you really do have to understand that none of those people that were involved in Columbine were any shape or form gothic. No. And she looked at me with this stunned look and she goes, but they wore black. Oh, Wow. And I said, you do uh-huh. realize ninjas and SWAT officers wear black, too. <laughs> and she said, well, but what about, like, I said, did you ever read any of their manifesto stuff? I said, they were much closer to white supremacists right. than they are gothic people. I said, gothic people are very encompassing, so they're not racist. They're not white supremacists. They are no. not militaristic. So you're in the wrong place. Yeah. 
And then she did the, did the cut here and wandered away because she wasn't going to get the sound bite she was looking for. So. Right. Right. You know, just because you goth, they don't, they always make it like it's, you know, it's some kind of a dirty thing or something. It, yep. It's horrible. But I mean, I know uh, every Sunday I, I see this family goes in church and the daughter's goth. She comes in here with the full makeup and the, 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 uh, the big thick shoes and all that. It's the full dress. But she's there with her family every freaking Sunday. So right. it's 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 not, uh, you know, it's they're just regular people like us. They just have a different lifestyle, that's all. And they don't understand that it goes back to, you know, literature and things. And that's why I chose the term gothic magic, because, hmm. you know, I didn't want to use bizarre, because no one understood what... It, it's too open-ended a term, bizarre. Mm -hmm. Because right. to some people it means geek magic from, like, the circus, where you're biting the heads off chickens. Yeah. We're like, That'd be you know, cool. you're doing this, you're doing sideshow stuff. And I go, no, I have respect for those people. I don't do that type stuff. And they go, well, what do you do? And I go, it's due to literature and ghost stories, and it is gothic. And they go, well, what do you mean, like Marilyn Manson? And I go, no, <sighs> like gothic arches and gothic literature, like Byron and Shelley and, and you know, uh, Polyadori and all of the mm -hmm. gothic writers where it's fog-shrouded, like, cemeteries and the light in the window of a castle and things like that. And they went, oh, like, sort of no <laughs> clue what the term gothic meant. And I'm like, okay, really? <laughs> oh, my. Well, my daughter lives, she just moved to Rhinebeck. Mm -hmm. And I saw Duchess Community College on the list. And I know that that is also a very historic area the the Beekman Arms is in Rhinebeck, the oldest inn in America, mm -hmm. also supposed to be haunted. We actually have did to, a check that out um, when I was living up in that area and going to college. We did a ghost investigation, and I forget what it was at a there was a reverend that was up in Rhinebeck that had a building that was like he lived in a house next to the church. And I guess that was considered the rectory. But, like, right. we went there, and it was like we were not told anything about the building. They're like, we're going to, you know, it was like sort of one of those continuing education ghost hunting classes. So we went there, <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're like, we're not going to tell you anything about the thing, no details. Like, let us know your impressions at the end of the evening. And so we went there, and come to find out that the house was built on part of the Underground Railroad. Ah. And uh, so we're walking along, and all of a sudden there was a very tiny dog, and we started to go upstairs, and the dog walked in front of us and looked up the stairs and started barking, and then would back away from the stairs and would go forward like two steps and start barking again, and sort of mm -hmm. looked really confused about why we were going up there. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, that's where we're going. You know, <laughs> you stay down here, dog, that's where we're going. Right. Um, <laughs> Chill out. Walking around, like, not knowing anything about it. I mean, one of the things, they had this weird, there was a, like, weird square in the room, like, where you had, like, four rooms go into this weird square that connected the rooms. Mm -hmm. And when you stepped out of one room, like, I, nobody else got the sensation, but when I stepped out of it, you stepped out of the one room, and you could have sworn, I mean, it was probably two inches to go from, like, one room, and then there was like a little bit of like a part of a step to carpet that connected the other rooms. 
when you stepped off those like two inches, it would have it, it felt like you were stepping down like five feet. Oh hmm. wow! So we did that, hmm. and I continued into another room, and there was like a young girl's room, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, in the corner of the room, I keep getting. It looked like somebody was taking a piece of construction paper that was brown. And, like, you kept catching brown, like, in the corner of my eye. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no clue what this means, but I keep getting the color brown. So we went downstairs, and the Reverend was there, and he goes, so uh, tell me what you, you know. And then he tells us about the Underground Railroad. And I go, let me ask you about that room upstairs. I go, is there a reason that, like, brown has anything to do with anything and he goes well that's my daughter's room she went off to college and uh my mother used to sit over in the corner of the room you're talking about in a rocking chair and she would watch my daughter when she was sick and everything and uh she died over in that corner and her favorite color was brown oh god wow i go bingo there we go So anyways, we we have someone in the chat room who tuned in just to listen to you. Uh, Her name is Lauren, and she's from the U.K. She said she met you once. Mm -hmm. uh, Doomsday. (laughs) What's that? At 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 an event called Doomsday. Oh. (laughs) Okay. It was was another branch off of, like, the ECSS, but it was for our U.K. brothers and sisters over there to do strange and unusual magic. And oh, it was, cool. yeah. it was happily, I got to go to the UK once, and Doomsday was held at Whitby. So yes, that's, right. that's where she said it was. Yep, yeah. I remember that. In fact, from uh, uh, Viano, Viano uh, uh, spoke of it very often, uh, yeah. and some of the people in, in the place itself. It's you a cool place. History. <laughs> yeah. See, you make an impression on someone through the years, and... and it's funny go. how it, you know it just you meet them once and yet uh, you do make an impression. It's yeah. it, it, I, pe- love, I love any places like the UK. I love like Massachusetts. I love places that actually have tangible history. You can right. you can touch things that have been there and sort of felt you know this lineage of things happening that are still there. I mean, I I got to walk up the steps that are mentioned in Dracula up to Whitby Abbey. You know, it's like different things like that. And, Walking the cobblestones of Salem, you know. Sometime I hope to get to back to the UK and see some of the places that are, you know, from Jack the Ripper's time. But oh yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we are running out of time, and if somebody wanted to find out more about you, Vlad, where could they go? They can either go to my website, which is gothicmagic.com, or they can find me on Facebook, which is the Gothic Magic of Vlad. Okay, Gothic Imagine, Vlad, and uh, anything else you want to add before we say goodbye to you? I hope to see people sometime, like either like at the Edgar Allan Poe murder mystery at the Lord Baltimore in November, or at at Bizarre Hauntings, which is August 22nd through 24th at the Lord Baltimore, or in Myrtle Beach down there for the East Coast Spirit Sessions. That's January 16th through 19th. So I know. Biano always tries to get me to go down there, and it's like I think think you would like want to come back every single year once you really, yeah. It's it's such a cool common with these people. Like once you started chatting, you'd say, "Why haven't I been here other times?" Of course, 
Of course. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I went to the, the circle the, the, a couple of times that the, the guys invented me. And, yeah, it's, it's amazing stuff, and, and you learn so much as well. So, anyways, there's the tunes, and we do have to go. So, uh, Vlad, we want to thank you so much for joining yeah, us great. again thank you. tonight. You're and I want to say thank you, thank, thank you for Lauren for dropping in on the chat room, too. And until uh, next time, good night and God bless, everyone. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening, and thank you, Vlad. You're welcome. Be well. Thank you. Good night. From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.